1: Welcome back and thank you for joining us for another episode of Queer Money. Dave and I are excited about today's show and we think that you're going to appreciate it. We're joined by J.R. Badian, who has a very interesting resume. JR was named by Outstanding as one of 2016's leading LGBT executives. Outstanding is a nonprofit organization that advocates for diversity and inclusion in the workplace. JR graduated from Columbia University. He worked at iHeartRadio and is the former VP of digital marketing and social media at MasterCard. He's currently the head of marketing at the Neurogym, and that's what he came to talk to us about today. you are going to like today's show. With JR, we talk about how more LGBT people can attain leadership positions and entrepreneurial success in a wide array of industries, and we talk a little bit about why that's important. J.R. shares some of his own success secrets that we can all apply to our own lives and careers. We talk about limiting beliefs, the effects of the limiting beliefs on our outcome, and how we can overcome them and have the success that we all want and desire, truly. JR joins us to talk about the Neurogym and the upcoming Brainathon, both founded by John asaraf of The Secret, if you remember. Join us all on Saturday, October 7th for John asaraf's annual and free Brainathon to start learning how to tear down those limiting beliefs that we talk about in this episode. The Brainathon is all online and available to anybody. Like I said, it is free. There's a link included in our show notes, and JR references and gives the address a couple of times throughout the show. Dave and I are very excited for this event, and we will be there ourselves, so we hope to see you.
0: There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is queer money.
1: All right, welcome to JR Badian for joining us. Welcome, JR. Hi, hi guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Definitely. We're excited to have you. Do you mind giving our mm-hmm.
2: listeners a little bit of a background of who you are? Oh, not at all. So, my name is J.R. Badian, originally from New Jersey. And right now, I am working at a company called NeuroGym out here in San Diego.
1: Gotcha. You can can definitely- you give us a little bit of a background of what the NeuroGym is?
2: Yeah, sure. Neurogym is, gosh, it's such an incredible company. It's about four years old and it's founded by a personal coach named John Asaraf. And we're using uh, emerging technology to help individuals, you know, create opportunities for themselves across finance, personal development, health, wealth, and just overall uh, getting more out of their life
1: got gotcha. you. It's pretty yes.
2: awesome. Yeah. Something we, we uh, preach to
0: everyone as well is that you got to have the balance across all those things. It's what really brings out the best things in life and when you're balanced on those. Exactly. Yes.
1: So, But you're not new to the financial services
2: world or helping people with their money. You've had quite a career in finance. So I've been out here actually for a short amount of time. That's right. I, I originally uh, was in New York and for the last five years, I worked for MasterCard and I was overseeing their U.S. operations for digital marketing. Also spent some time on Wall Street working for Newberger and Berman and Rupert Murdoch's company News Corporation. Spent a lot of time in, in finance and also media and marketing. Wow. Gotcha.
1: And you've likewise been pretty influential in the LGBT community. Outstanding chose you as one of 2016's leading LGBT executives, which is pretty prominent notoriety. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Absolutely.
2: You. How did it feel to get on such
1: a notable list?
2: Yeah. So, first of all, thanks so much. I really do appreciate it. I was kind of shocked, a little bit honored, and just overall, you know, appreciative for the recognition when they gave me a call.
1: Yeah. That's one of the things that we like to do on Queer Money is, in addition to talking about finances and improving our financial lives, is talking about inspiring our listeners to kind of do more and be more, regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Any sort of tips or pointers to somebody who's looking to start their career and looking to make that kind
2: of an impact in the community? Where to start? I mean, I think <laughs> one thing really on, you know, how you can kind of do something like that and and how I earned it is really just, I think if you just focus on, you know, don't focus on yourself, just focus on other people, almost in like every opportunity you have, you know, right. I mean, little things, you know, you're, you're walking outside and, you know, you see somebody having a problem crossing the street, you know, make sure you're there. You know, if you're on a subway and there's no seats, you know, give your seat up. Always give advice out. You start like these persistencies and you do them every day. Then you go in your career. What happens is you start doing that and you're like, all right, let me just go out of my way to help, you know, my colleagues and my peers. Then you're like, let me go out of my way to help my customers. Then you're like, how do I go out of my way to help, you know, all customers. And before you know it, you know, you're just focused with the persistency of always helping others. When you help others, you tend to, I guess, get recognized.
0: Exactly. That's the interesting thing that you bring up JR is that it begins with those small habits. We live in Denver and there's been quite a migration of individuals to the city of Denver over the last few years and it just seems like small things have started to change. Things like people no longer let you in in traffic people don't hold the door open for you anymore or they don't say thank you when you hold the door open for them. And it's these little things that seem to, like you said, they seem to matter because they build on the values that you have, the idea of wanting to be of service to someone else and be of service to the community in general, the whole world.
2: Yeah. You know, it's well put. I think also, look, obviously things going on in this country and other countries, you know, what you watch on the news and TV and politics, you know, it's a different time. I think it's very easy for people to kind of fall into it. You know, the look out for myself mentality. And, you know, you really have to, you know, make sure that you don't fall into that because these days it's probably very easy to do that. And so, you know what? I'm just, I'm so frustrated. I'm so fed up. I don't even want to listen anymore. I don't want to watch the news. I'm just going to do my own thing. Um, and a lot of people are doing that. Mm. Thank you for saying that. I think
1: it's easy for us to sort of let our micro responses and our micro habits not be the best that they can be because we're frustrated by what we see in the news and what we see in the media and the direction things seem to be going in the world right now. So what is Gandhi who said, be the change that you want to see and it doesn't necessarily have to be anything profound type of change you want to make. It could just be holding the door open for somebody and it's all kind of starts there.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, the the author Bach said the simplest things are the most profound. So Mm. if everyone's doing simple things, See how much value can really be created if everyone is just doing something extremely simple to help other people. It adds up. Before you know it, it's a sort of transformational change.
0: It's
1: like the power of compound interest. Right? Exactly. There you go. <laughs>
0: One of the things John and I like to run in the morning. I don't want to say on a regular basis because we try to do it once or twice a week, but we're usually running between five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. And there's very few people out. But anytime we run past somebody, I always try to say good morning. And I think it surprises some people because they're not expecting somebody to
2: actually be saying good morning at that time of the day.
1: Too <laughs> early. Oh yeah. I
2: mean, uh, you know, I was at an event the other day, and the leader of the group asked everyone to turn to the person next to them and look into their eyes and smile for 10 seconds. So, you know, we each did that. And, you know, it was a little bit strange, you know, <laughs> with another person, you're looking in someone's eyes and smiling. And after 10 seconds, he asked how many people who were looking and not smiling ended up smiling back. And the majority of the people said that, yeah, they started smiling also, whether they were doing it because, you know, they were uncomfortable how to behave. But his point was, is that when you're in a conversation with somebody and you're trying to communicate or get your point across or give advice or teach little things like starting with a smile would get the other person then to smile too and sort of maybe be a little bit more attentive in what you're trying to say to them.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> 10 it, seconds can be a long time right. <laughs> Yes.
2: <laughs> I think that's such a good lesson
0: for our queer community because we're oftentimes in situations where we feel insecure or we feel scared or we're just not comfortable. And if we take that first initiative to smile or to say something positive or to do something positive, it can have a completely change the outlook that we have and that other people have, whatever situation we're dealing
2: with. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely.
1: So I love a quote that I found that you said once. You said, acceptance leads to diversity, diversity leads to innovation, and innovation leads to growth. And in money, like I said, we try to inspire our community to do more and be more. And A lot of the things, we want to create more LGBT entrepreneurs and leaders within industry, not just in the public sector, but in various industries so that we can show that we are more than our sexual orientation and our gender identity because we believe that when we're able to do that, then society will look at us as more than just our sexual orientation and gender identity. From your position and your experience, any pointers on how we can encourage more in our community to aspire for more of those leadership kind of roles and entrepreneurship? Well, first, where did you find that
2: quote? <laughs> I, I I do remember. Um, I think it was about it. Once the description
1: of the outstanding twenty sixteen leading LGBT executive
2: blurb. Ah. Yeah, no, look, if you do the translation of that, it you know, I it's I firmly, firmly believe it. It's funny, half the time when I and I watch people's behaviors about not, you know, having acceptance and the fact that, you know, the more people you accept, you know, the more diverse we are in our sort of society, in our workforce, and, and certainly the more diverse, there's this like, you know, unquantifiable amount of of ideas, you know, which is the innovation. And then obviously, from a company's point of view, that innovation will lead to growth. And, you know, what companies are looking for, what public companies are looking for is growth. And if you think about where growth comes from, it comes from the individuals, And that all starts with acceptance. So, you know, I believe in that. And wherever I go, I try to communicate that and and do whatever I can to help out other people. And as it relates to, you know, just working with individuals or people who are looking to move up in those leadership positions, you know, I started off by saying that it's all about, you know, helping other people. But there is something that, you know, you really have to remember. And I remember a long time ago, (laughs) say how long ago, but there was uh, an executive that I met. I was very, very lucky to meet him. I met him right after, you know, undergraduate. I went to Indiana University, was in the business school there. I, I focused in finance and marketing, and I came out, went to Wall Street. I remember Brian Graydon. I don't know if you know Brian, but he was at MTV. He was, I think, the president of programming or the president overall at MTV. And I was at an event, and he said to me, you know, I wasn't out. And he said, you know, he said, J.R., if if you're not yourself, how do you ever think you can do your best work? Um, And I'm like, "Mm, I think I can, but (laughs) I went home and I'm like, the light bulb went off. I'm like... (sighs) you know, people come out for different reasons. And I think it's extremely important that you have to start with yourself and, you know, the acceptance of yourself, especially in a business environment. You know, I take every opportunity to talk about my life and my business environment, both personal and professional. So I just think it really starts with yourself and accepting yourself and appreciating yourself. The more you do that, the more you are who you are, you know, the better work you can do. And so I really do think it starts there.
1: Yeah, that's great. We have a reoccurring guest on our show, Jay Allen. He's a mentor of mine and David's. He was the executive vice president of human resources at Charles Schwab and all three of us worked there. And he always used to say that if you're hiding any aspect of yourself at work, you can't give it 100% because you're spending so much energy masking who you are. So it kind of underscores what you were
0: saying there. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And you know, you you can see the immediate difference
2: in the work that you do.
0: Absolutely, Definitely. I also like the comment that you made about accepting yourself. It really is that deep seated acceptance of who we are as individuals. Once we do that, then we can start making progress. And there are many of us, and I will admit that I've done this for years, that I've accepted myself on a surface level. And I've told other people to accept me, but there's still some limiting beliefs that I have inside that have held me back from being able to excel and do my best
2: work. Yeah. And, you know, accepting yourself isn't just about, you know, your sexuality. I mean, accepting yourself and especially in the business environment or around finance is about, you know, accepting your mistakes and accepting your errors and understanding and looking at it and like, how do I get better? How do I apply myself? And how do you learn from those events that happen to you? You know, it's really important to accept everything about yourself. And that includes the good and the bad the promotions you get, the projects you don't get, the clients you win, the clients you don't. And, you know, in order to focus on your personal life and your professional life and and growing, whether it's riches as in, you know, having a family or riches in having friends or riches in going places or riches as in making money, it really doesn't matter. It's all the same. Each one of those, there's a learning opportunity. And to appreciate and to accept yourself, I think would help you get to those riches.
1: Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you for sharing all that. I know that's not. this isn't the main reason why you're here today, but anytime we get the opportunity to learn from a successful person, especially if they're LGBTQ, we always want to at least spend a couple of minutes on that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back to the, the NeuroGym. Can you give us a little bit more description of what the NeuroGym is all about, how it helps people, and maybe even start off with who John Asaraf is and how he got involved with this?
2: Hopefully, a lot of the listeners know who John Aserath is. He's a a wonderful, wonderful individual who I was lucky enough to meet. You know, he is a a very well known success coach who, you know, frankly used to get $5,000 an hour to sit with individuals and help them get more out of their life. Whatever their goals were, he worked with them and he helped them, you know, set their goals and create strategies, tactics to help them achieve what they wanted to achieve. He's well known. He was in the movie The Secret. A lot of people do know him from that. A lot of things have changed since he's, you know, been in that movie and he's sort of created an entirely new movement. And I think the reason that John started NeuroGym was he frankly was tired of seeing people who had goals and dreams and and fail. And he also knew that he's one person and, you know, doing one on one wouldn't be able to create the transformational change across people all over the world so he again was seeing people who had goals and dreams he saw many many people fail no matter how hard they work, they failed and he decided to create a emerging tech company called neurogym and create products where you can go online myneurogym.com you can learn from john and it's a logged in experience with audios and videos and they are training and classes for getting more out of your life setting goals tactics as it relates to money, health, wealth, having it all, overcoming fears. There's many, many different products. And you know he really wanted to create a systematic approach to helping people overcome some of their failures.
1: Yeah. I think I've heard of him speak a couple of times, and it sounds like if I understand correctly, rather than looking at success as more of luck and more of, as an art, he seems to believe that there's a science behind it.
2: Yeah. So if you look at it this way, if I asked you, do you know how to lose weight? What would you say? (laughs) Yes, but you can't tell I know
1: that. You know, you know.
2: I mean, you know, it's not hard to learn how to lose weight, right? I mean, people know how to lose weight. And the question is, why do they fail? Right? What is it? It's not how we know how. And I don't have to teach you how but why we fail and why we don't follow through on our goals to lose weight, you know, that's really one of the issues. So, you know, John has a systematic process and he really spent years and years and years studying the brain. And he studied the brain and, and really found different ways you can unlock sort of the hidden power and potential that you have inside you. And that's by overcoming your, your limiting beliefs. He has a systematic process that starts with changing your mindset. Of course, you have to have the skills and knowledge. And then there's a coaching and action set that helps you. So I think the combination of the three in first working on your mindset and sort of retraining your brain and some of those limiting beliefs that we all have first Is very important. And John calls those inner sizes. And he has lots of techniques to help you overcome those limiting beliefs by retraining your brain. And then, of course, there's the logged in experience that I was mentioning where you can learn the skills and knowledge, right? If you want to learn how to make money, we have a course called Winning the Game of Money. You know, we will teach you the skills and knowledge and teach you how to make money, but without the mindset, Without being able to overcome your limiting beliefs that you can make more money, that you are smart enough, that you can be successful, without that anyone can teach you how to make money. So I think it's a combination of those two, and then of course we do have you know coaching to help people move from one level to the next.
1: May I ask, in your experience, where do you think all these limiting beliefs come from? It seems like so many people are. Either born with it, or it was they were kind of conditioned with it at a, a young age. What's the impetus for all these limiting beliefs that we have? Any ideas? Well,
2: yeah. I mean, you know, from the studies that you know John has done and his teachings that I've you know sort of been lucky enough to to listen to and and, and take his classes, and actually, you know, I, I work for him. You know, I don't think you're born with the beliefs. They're derived from history, and books, and school, and friends and family. You know, some are good, some are bad. But they're nothing more than a pattern, right, that gets reinforced and reinforced and reinforced. And then then you have to look at how does your brain participate in that, right? So all your brain does is act out on that pattern, right, and how you think, feel, and behave. But, you know, it does start with the beliefs. You know, your beliefs and what you believe in, they drive your perceptions. They drive your behaviors. And John would tell you, you know, most of that's happening at, you know, the non-conscious level. Right. Right. Exactly. You have these beliefs that you have been exposed to through your entire life, through your your friends, your family, and how you studied in TV and movies. And those beliefs, frankly, are how you see the world. You know, and a lot of these, unfortunately, you know, are not great beliefs that, you know, have created these patterns that affects how we behave. So, one of the things to do is to start with those limiting beliefs and try to overcome them. And if you're talking about money and finance and success, you know, in a lot of cases, that's where we start.
1: Right. Well, I think it's the brain, right, doesn't like to be wrong. So, if we have these limiting beliefs, then we look for reasons or outside Influences to prove that our limiting beliefs are correct, whether about ourselves or the way the world works or our environment. So, if we think that we can't become financially successful no matter what we do, and if we try to improve our financial situation,
2: we'll look for ways to almost self sabotage ourselves, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's so, that is such a huge part of this. I remember when I was a kid, my dad played basketball for both Erasmus High School. Then he played at Yeshiva University. He was a pretty good basketball player. I remember at a very young age, he was teaching me how to play. And, you know, I don't know what happened, but I remember telling him, I am a terrible player and like, watch. And I, you know, I threw the ball over the basket on purpose. I'm like, I'm terrible. Look, and you know, you, you just, you create your behaviors by what you think, you know? And it's very, very important to sort of first kind of become aware of this on these behaviors that you can create for yourself and, you know, help try to break the pattern and not, you know, sabotage it. If you're out there and you're talking about money and lots of people, you know, it's almost like you see the person who's like paying their bills. I mean, most of it's online now, but let's just say you're paying your bills. <laughs> and you're, It's a paper bill. And you I have, you can see this person taking the bill and like, you know, Tearing it up and just being frustrated and like, "Ah, you know, I can't even afford this. You know, I can't make enough money to pay. Like, you say that to yourself the, you know, the first of every month. (laughs) When you get it, it starts this pattern, and then every morning, you know, when you will go and you will reinforce this, especially you know, the non conscious level. You have to be extremely careful. And John studied this and how those uh, beliefs become limiting beliefs and and finds ways to uh, help you overcome it. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm just going to give a little plug here to Sean Croxton's podcast. It's called Quote of the Day. You can find it on iTunes or you can go to his site, SeanCroxton.com. But John was on episode 226. John Asraf, not yeah. John Schneider. I, yeah. John, John <laughs> Asraf was on that episode and it's titled, We Are Not Seeing Reality As It Is we are seeing reality as we are and that was the quote from his discussion that John Asraf had on that and what you're bringing up here jr is exactly what he was talking about and i think that that's something that we all struggle with i'll just give a personal example for myself is I, i've always wanted a very particular kind of car and For so long, year after year, I used to just say to myself, okay, well, I can't afford that now. I can't afford that now. I can't afford that now. And for years and years and years, I have said to myself, I can't afford that. And because of that, I've never set aside the money to the level or degree in which I can get it. And I've allowed other things to get in the way because I have created the reality that I have been speaking or saying to myself in my head and it's only recently that I've really started to change that and thinking yes I can afford it it will be coming I will be getting it and I know exactly how I think that the mentality that we have towards like you said sitting down and we're writing out a, or going to pay a bill and that's one of the things we think to ourselves oh, I really can't afford this I really hate paying this you know and that's just kind of this mentality we drive into our belief system
2: Yeah. You know, basically you're talking about chaos, right? These implicit beliefs that we have, you know, that voice of, you know, I can't do this or do I deserve this? You repeat it over and over and over. You know, I'll never have this. I'll never have the house that I want. I'll never have the husband or the wife that I want. And you keep on saying that voice inside you, you know, creates these hidden program beliefs, these implicit beliefs. And then you have your explicit beliefs, right? Where you can actually declare, no, 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 I am going to, I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to make more money. And when you have an implicit belief of the voice telling you inside, you can't do it but you're declaring to other people that you can, that's chaos. right? And you know what we try to do is try to work on these implicit beliefs and help you minimize the chaos in your life so you can actually go out there and have your explicit beliefs that you actually not just believe in, but you believe it from the inside. And it will help you then you know, overcome some of your fears that you actually might have and help you create the goals that you want. Well, and that's the key,
1: right? It's what you say on the inside. It's interesting because right now in our culture, we're so so obsessed with the words and the things that everybody else says and how they use those words. But it's really, as Mel Robbins says, if people could hear our internal dialogue, they would put us in an institution because we are so cruel to ourselves and those micro messages that we say to ourselves. So it is you know, what we believe internally. And I think that's why the secret was so, even though it was very high level, I think it was so powerful because it got people to start talking about what are my thoughts. What am I saying to myself? And that's you know again the power of vision boards to see you know what are your hopes and dreams. But I think it's interesting how so many people have who were in the secret, such as Lisa Nichols and John asaraf They've kind of you know doubled down on that whole theory and, and uncovered the science behind it and and how you actually you can't just sit on the couch and attract things to you. <laughs> the yeah. idea is you've got to change your beliefs, which will then
2: therefore change your behaviors. Right. Sure. You know, like everything else, you know, we, we learn as time goes on and, you know, the secret did have a time and place, but you know, we've learned so much more now about how the brain works and how you can train your brain, and how you can use, you know, evidence-based or science-based methods to help, you know, reprogram your subconscious mind, right? And it'll help you empower your beliefs and behavior. So, you know, it's only, it's sort of the more advanced version of these techniques. And, you know, it's so funny when I got to Neurogym about five months ago, the first thing John gave me were the testimonials. And he's like, read these. (laughs) And it's amazing. I'm like, who? I mean, these testimonials of like, I just lost 100 pounds. Woman, I read a testimony. A woman had never driven a car. In her entire life, she's above 60. She might have been older than that, and she took the winning the game of fear course and is now, you know, driving. Just it's amazing people who didn't have enough money to pay their bills, who just worked on these limited beliefs that they have that they never thought they'd get ahead. And John worked with them in the winning the game of money program, and just they became just more confident. And you know, when you're more confident and you can inner size and you can work on how to sort of upgrade your brain, as we say, and upgrade your income, it just becomes a little bit more easier. You get a little bit of an edge and you see that certain things that used to sort of upset you and affect you that would throw your game off, they end up not doing that anymore.
0: I love this discussion. I love what we're talking about right here, but it reminds me of a quote. And I I know that Margaret Thatcher said this, but I actually think it originally came from Gandhi where he said, watch your thoughts because your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, and your habits become your destiny. And it's so important that if we can lasso and get a hold of those, like you said, chaos, that chaotic thought that's going on in our heads, and we can get that lassoed and, and into going in the right direction, then our destiny
2: starts going in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. You know, the only thing I would add to that, you know, just from what I've been learning from John is a lot of this stuff is happening at the non-conscious level, right? And you don't even know what's happening your thoughts that you're having sometimes are they're coming because you had those, you know, those beliefs that that you didn't even know, right? And those beliefs are actually how you see the world. So, you know, it's important to understand your thoughts and that they do lead to, you know, everything in your life, your experiences and your actions. But it's even more important to understand it's also happening at the non-conscious level. And when you're able to do that and to train your brain, I think then your thoughts that you have become you know, the opposite of the negative thoughts. I mean, think about it. I mean, most of us go throughout the day thinking things that we don't have many, many times a day. It's just, you know, by default, right? I don't have this. I want more of that. It just it happens. And you got to ask yourself, why is that? Where did that pattern come from? Now imagine you have the complete opposite of that and you're waking up every morning and, you know, you're having these thoughts that you can accomplish anything that you can actually get the job you want. You can make the money you want. You can start the business you want. You can get the sales you want. And that's happening the same amount of times that those limiting beliefs are happening. I mean, can you imagine, you know, the experiences that you'd have just simply by doing that? You know, I think the secret is about, okay, let's think about it. But the truth is you really have to do it at the non-conscious level and try to work on these sort of techniques that allow you to get there versus just thinking them, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the big difference. And, you know, one of the things that John Asraf and and the Neurogym team do are provide these methodologies, these techniques that will help you get there through inner sizes. Gotcha.
1: Uh, Could you give us an example or a highlight of what one of these inner size techniques look like?
2: Ah, you know, there's a lot of different techniques. And and one of the things I did want to tell your viewers is that on October 7th, we're having something for people to join. And it's a free live online event. And we call it the Brainathon. And the Brainathon is on October 7th. And it's at uh, 9am Pacific time, 12pm East. And we will have on some of the world's best brain experts. Who are going to teach you different methods on how to overcome your fear, overcome sort of failures, tapping into your subconscious mind. We have Dr. Sarah Mackay, who uh, is from Oxford, and she has a topic called Refire to Rewire." It's about having these positive beliefs. Dr. Shrini who will have a topic of getting out of the modality of fear and failure. Really, really incredible individual. I actually was fortunate enough to have dinner with him a few weeks ago out here. And when you come across some of these individuals who've done so much research about the brain and how you can actually learn from them and apply these techniques, you really start getting excited. You're like, where you know, where have I been my entire life that these techniques and methods are available? And then, of course, you know, John will be on the Brainathon on October seventh, and he's going to talk about transforming your life and show you sort of how to use your consciousness subconscious brain and and program your brain for success. And, you know, there's about, I think, eight total experts that are on there that can teach you some of these or speak about some of these methodologies. One of them actually is another individual I had dinner with also out here. His name is Dr. Jeff Spencer. He is going to talk about and teach. He worked with athletes who have won over 40 Olympic medals, Olympic and and different, you know, um, you know, pro level sports. His topic is like how to bring out the Olympic player in you. Right. And, and it's, it's just amazing. So, you know, if anyone's interested in, in your viewer and on, on how we do this, I'd say take advantage. It's coming up. It's once a year. It's October 7th and it's called the brainathon. You know, I encourage everyone to attend to the free uh, live online event. I think we set something up. So if, if people are interested, it's brainathon123.com forward slash queer money is what oh. we set up.
1: Oh, thank awesome. you. We'll include that in the notes. Yeah, we've been talking to several people at the Neurogym, getting an understanding of, of what the Brainathon is all about and what the Neurogym is all about. And we've been indoctrinated. <laughs> yeah. We're big fans. And we'll make the disclosure that if you use the link on the show notes for Queer Money, we are affiliates of, of the Neurogym and, and the Brainathon. So we may receive compensation if you decide to go through the entire process at the very end. From what we've seen, it's, it's a great course. It's a great day, and we're actually going to participate ourselves for sure. Definitely, oh, that's great. Yeah, can't okay, wait to see that. Yeah, we're and,
0: uh, big fans of Srini Pillay. Yeah, I was but. just going to say, we've. It's kind of interesting how the universe directs things in your towards you that you you know you want, but sometimes you haven't taken that step. Because John and I have listened to a couple of interviews with Dr. Pillay and his stories are amazing, and they're funny, and his delivery is awesome. So I can only imagine that the other individuals who are going to be speaking are very similar to his delivery as well. And I'm kind of excited for
2: this. (laughs) Yes, it's amazing that you know, uh, Srini. I mean, you know, the dinner that I mentioned that, you know, John invited me to was was John Asraf, Srini Pillay, Heidi Hanna, and, you know, Dr. Jeff Spencer and me. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so i did a lot of listening it's good, <laughs> That's good. to say that you know just one conversation to the next was just so empowering and beautiful and you know i was just sitting there thinking how lucky i was to listen to all the speakers
0: yeah one of the other things that john and i preach so to speak that we preach is that when you surround yourself with the people that can push you That can motivate you to make yourself a better person that's when you will start to see lots of growth taking place in your life because if we hang out with the individuals who we've been hanging out with for years whether that's in a literal sense we're spending time face to face with them or we're spending time with them in situations like this online or on podcasts or other means when we spend time with these other individuals that can ignite that growth, that mental growth. And it sounds like that's what this conversation or dinner
2: was like for you. (laughs) Yeah. And just, you know, for the listeners too, you know, we've all heard that right to, to spend time with people who are smarter than us and, you know, have friends that we want to aspire to and, and it's true. And, and we all, you know, hopefully we do try to do it, but I'll say something that John Ashraf doesn't know. Although if you listen to this podcast, he's going <laughs> to know, I guess shortly, we but hope he does. <laughs> you know, when I, I was at MasterCard for five years and, you know, I was talking to, you know, three to four different organizations for opportunities and just, you know, doing my pros and cons and which one I should do and which one I shouldn't. One of the things, you know, that was a pro for NeuroJump, was John. And I started saying, oh, he gets $5,000 an hour for one-on-one coaching. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to be working for him. You know, an extremely, extremely bright individual. You know, I was sort of calculating the value of uh, having a, a boss and CEO who's sort of a you know, a world famous personal coach and the value of that. And when I was calculating if I should take this opportunity or not, you know, it wasn't just, you know, that the compensation, it was the, the learnings that I get from him and, and being around him and sort of what he's teaching me. And frankly, that probably was one of the things that, you know, put his sort of offer over the top from the uh, few other people that I was talking to. And, yeah. and, and And the other thing I would say about John is I've never met someone who it's almost like he takes 24 hours a day and makes them 48 somehow. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out how he does it. You could, you could be talking to John and he could be looking at you while you just received an email from him, but his hands never, you know, left the table. <laughs> how wow. it happens, and the amount of work, and he's so productive. You know, I, frankly, I think his brain works way different than everyone else's on all the work that he's done on it. And, you know, really an important individual to get to know and, and to learn from.
1: Yeah, Maybe we should get to know him because I have this skill of being able to turn 24 hours into 12. <laughs> so, and if anybody wants that, I'll include that in the show notes. <laughs> so, well, I think this has been a great conversation and yes. thank you so much, JR, for taking time out of your – JR took time out of his weekend to come on our podcast, so we definitely want to give a shout out for that. We appreciate that. Would you mind repeating the website and the location where people can find out more about the Brainathon, please, before we go ahead and Sure, do that, and hopefully
2: I get it right. It is brainathon123.com dot com forward slash queer money so i'll say it again brainathon one two three dot com forward slash queer money and again it will be october 7th it is 12 p.m east 9 a.m pacific and it's a free event you know go on register uh, registration is open i think everyone can really get a lot out of it
1: absolutely, absolutely. and we will be there ourselves so thank you very much jr uh, we appreciate it and look out for more information coming out from queer money here shortly all right thanks guys Thank you, JR, for taking time out of your personal weekend to share with our listeners your story and advice for success and growth. We're looking forward to the free Brain-a-thon that's all available online Saturday, October 7th. David and I will be there. We hope to see you there as well. A link is available in the show notes at debtfreeguys.com. If you like this episode or any other episode of Queer Money, please remember to like, comment, and share Queer Money with your friends and family so that we can get the show in front of or in the ears of more LGBTQ people and help our community continue to do more and be more. Thank you. Okay. We just serviced you. Now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle Newsletter at Queer.Money. Well, I'm not really gay.
0: It
1: <laughs> <laughs> would help me if I had a personal chef made all my coffee all all meals for me. Right. So instead, I'll have a Snickers
0: tonight. (laughs) (laughs) The other end, I like the butts.
1: (laughs) (laughs) From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road.